the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first blow? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Good morning, Vietnam! You let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Uh, hello, hello, and good morning to our Napalm listeners. Uh, Dr. Jones here, COVID cowboy rocking it out in the quarantine. Uh, joined in virtual studio with uh, Troy and Matt. How you, how you guys doing? hi ho I'm doing awesome, dude. That's T-Roy. This is T-Roy. Hey, Mr. Hanky. Uh, I'm doing great. He's very low energy. <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of a person. So, uh, yeah, we are excited about today's episode. It is uh, Good Morning Vietnam, sponsored by uh, Robin Williams, who I've water skied with. Story to come later. Stay tuned, folks. I've seen the Facebook uh, photos. They're yeah. amazing. And, uh, um, but yeah, Good Morning Vietnam. Uh, this film was huge, 1987, um, Barry Levinson, director. It won a Golden Globe for Best Actor, um, Motion Picture. Comedy nominated for Academy Award, you know, American Film Institute's 100 Funniest American Movies. And it was a box office smash. And uh, it yeah. kind of it kind of put the comedic and um, the improvisational skills of Robin Williams kind of front and center for a lot of American audiences. Well, as, as all our podcast listeners will know, um, when they think Vietnam War, they think comedy. So... This movie is right up there, alley. I think. <laughs> yeah, war is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the uh, that's Troy. Uh, um, the the it follows Agent Cronauer, who is who was an. Let actual me get person. my shout outs in for uh, if you are listening. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's do uh, this podcast. You may not need help finding this podcast because you're currently listening to it. But tell your friends, tell your enemies, Spotify iTunes, Google, whatever the Google thing's called. Uh, look us up on Twitter, at Napalm Podcast. On the Facebook, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg has let this thing through. Napalm yeah, in the morning. We've got um, to, we've got a lot, of, and, we've got a lot yeah. of endorsements. I'm good at war. I've had a lot of wars of my own. I'm really good at war. We... Um, you know, if you've got questions for us, if you want, uh, we're we're going to start responding to some some viewer mail, maybe. Uh, if you have requests, if you have yeah films. movies you want us to cover, um, yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and get those out there. We'd love to we'd love to chat with you. Um, yeah, so so good morning Vietnam. It follows Adrian Cronauer, who is a broadcaster on Armed Forces Radio um, in Vietnam, an actual person. We'll talk a bit more about that later. But um, it sets us down in 1965, Saigon. Now, um, Dr. Yeager, give us a bit of a flyover. What's happening in 1965? Okay, sure. So when the movie starts, you know, he's landing. It says 1965. It doesn't say what month. So I don't know exactly when he's landing, but let's just get a little bit of a backstory. Um, we're, we're into U.S. troops combat troops coming into country. All right, that is all coming in post uh, Gulf of Tonkin incident uh, in air quotes, I'll use, um, and the Tonkin Gulf Resolution, which uh, um, essentially gives Lyndon Johnson um, uh, the authority 
to do what he sees fit uh, in Vietnam. And um, this, this, there's some like given, given play take with uh, different people within the administration. This is kind of, you know, it's kind of a tense time. Uh, whether or not the United States should go hard or not into Vietnam. Um, National Security Advisor George Bundy urged uh, a bombing of North Vietnam. He visited uh, in 1965. And during that time, uh, there was an attack on the U United States outpost at Pleiku during his visit. And that was the third sort of major attack within a three-month period of time. Eight U.S. service members were killed during that attack. Um, and so things are ratcheting up uh, quite a bit. Um, Operation Rolling Thunder, which is a massive, really bombing campaign of the North, starts during this period of time. And you have a request for additional troops, Westmoreland. Uh, General Westmoreland, who's the commander of MACV, Military Assistance Command Vietnam, requesting troops to support and, and defend American airfields, uh, and it's granted. And that's when you get 3,500 Marines landing at Da Nang. That's March 8th, 1965. And it's um, a, a high-water mark for kind of naivete and bravado and, like, you know, we get in there, we'll, we can whip this thing into shape. You know, as, as will be borne out by the Pentagon Papers, they will... They will learn very quickly that the war is unwinnable and will lie about that. But 65, there's actually some like, hey, we think misplaced naivete, but um, yeah, and to to the Americans and the and the and the um, at, at home and then the servicemen in Vietnam. Yeah, I also, mean, by also, 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 oh, sorry, yeah, I was going to say West Westmoreland has amazing eyebrows. That's all I really need to add to this. So. <laughs> oh, thank thank you. Uh, <laughs> He does it. He's decorated. Awarded the Bronze Star and the Combat Infantryman Badge. Yeah, so West he, Borland. He did receive those, yes. <laughs> Infantryman. Um, so, uh, it's comedy hour tonight on... on uh... <laughs> yeah, after Platoon, uh, after... It's, uh, it's good to have uh, a little bit of levity um, in this one. Yeah, so... so... Let's just say fall 65. Johnson has approved 200,000 troops. Um, and, you know, the South Vietnamese army uh, and government are really teetering at this point. And I think you could say that this is probably when Robin Williams is coming into country. Um, so it's around yeah. this time. So let's just say it's, it's early in U.S., at least ground troop involvement. Uh, but... Think things are tenuous, right? At least, and uh, and so um, the good Vietnam, Good Morning Vietnam, opens with um, uh, Williams getting out of uh, um, getting off the airplane, and he's he's dressed, you know, uh, like a wild and crazy guy. He's he's got his duds on from from Greece, uh, not the musical, but the country. He's the, where he was stationed. And uh, it would be kind of cool if he had like a leather kind of grease is the word jacket. Well, I don't cool. I'm not sure is the word, but <laughs> yeah, it would have, it would be interesting choice. But uh, interesting, maybe. Yeah, but a goofy, chuckling uh, Forrest Whitaker who will uh, be sort of the sidekick in this. Um, and he's uh, got flip flops on. I want to note Robin Williams. That's pretty fantastic. So 
Yeah, he he does. Uh, he does have flip. He knew where on. he was going. He was headed to Southeast Asia. He knew he was going to need flip flops. He's dressed, you know, like a nineteen forties like um, Grecian serviceman in like linens. He's he's. Uh, it's clear he's he's kind of he's got the non standard uniform on. He's going to be the comic relief. Uh, so, Forrest Whitaker is uh, he plays the kind of it's a weird it's a weird performance in some ways because he's like a almost like a giddy schoolgirl in the in his interactions with with Williams and you you wonder like if the directors are like okay and then they they back off from that because he's a he's a great actor but it was kind of hokey who are treated right off the bat to some eighties tropes that uh, will go into many of them in the film but one is uh, that you're you're really really don't don't age well and that's uh sort of Robin Williams riding de- through the streets of of Saigon just horn dogging and essentializing all over the place like you know like <laughs> oh look at those ladies and then like oh it there she is there she is again you know because if someone's dressed this slightly the same or kind of all Asians look alike these all kind Asians of tropes look the same, right yeah um and same so, same and he's like uh, you know I feel like a fox in a chicken coop kind of these those things that you <laughs> In the '80s movies, you're not thinking like, oh, I don't know if I'd say that. Like, we don't have evidence that uh, that Cronauer was like a horn dog in real life, but um, he's really yucking it up. So we go to HQ and uh, and we get to JT Walsh. There's kind of like central casting for um, you. You might remember JT Walsh from A Few Good Men or Nixon or Sling Blade. They've got these guys who like if you need someone who looks like they're a tight ass military commander, like. Um, TJ, JT Walsh is your is your go to guy. He's the square military mid level management who's afraid of change. Yeah, this, he's the sergeant. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, okay. and then yeah, and then the the general, uh, Noble Willingham is uh, who from Walker, Texas Ranger, of course. Um, all, <laughs> everybody all, knows that. <laughs> always seven up, degrees. Why even say it, Eric? <laughs> seven, I did not know. <laughs> seven degrees of separation from Chuck Norris. Who, fingers crossed, future star of uh, Napalm in the Morning. Um, and uh, he's happy to see the hilarious DJ. Um, you know, yeah, yeah he's, he couldn't be, couldn't be more pleased. And he's, he's the general who, like, look, I don't care if this guy is non-standard. Like, he's great on the radio. Let's hire him in there. And then there's, the, they kind of give the, uh, so you've got the sense that the guy at the top wants him there, but everyone else at mid-management, they're, like uh, they're ready to bust his ass if he gets out of line, and then we go to let's. Why don't we listen to a clip here from from the radio room? This is the uh, this is pretty iconic, so iconic that it's on our world famous podcast intro. Let's listen to his first broadcast on Good Morning Vietnam. Good morning, Vietnam. Hey, this is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da Nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da Nang me, Da Nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, it's yeah. a little too early for being that loud. Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Speaking of early, how about that Cro-Magnon, Marty Drywitz? Thank you, Marty, for silky smooth sound. Make me sound like Peggy Lee. Okay, so... We'll be hearing more from Williams. Do you guys remember these clips like I did? Like, um, were they were they lodged into your brain? Well, no, but Troy. that's because I didn't watch the movie. I, I, it's, it's sad because '87, I was like a freshman in high school, so I, I appreciate you're, everything. You're racing more cars now. and being cool. 
yeah, I was dragging mains, you know, pretty much dragging mains, drinking Keystone, living the dream. But uh, yeah, I, wow. it's iconic now for sure. I mean, and obviously it's iconic for most people that watch the movie. So yeah, the morning. I mean, would you, Matt, if you were a soldier, would you listen to this radio broadcast? If I were a soldier, uh, in 1965, and I had really limited choices. Um, sure. I mean, I mean, a ringing endorsement from Matt Yeager. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it. Be- hey, it's Robin Williams freestyling. I mean, that is some. It's fantastic stuff. Um, you know, I don't know. Out bigly. It, so- <laughs> it, it sounds like Robin Williams is kind of like a you know an hot a, a hopped up version of the real the real DJ, um, but. Um, yeah, tell Adrian Cronauer, okay, do do a speedball, and let's get you, you on buy, the air. Let's see. Could you buy cocaine in Vietnam at that period? I'm just curious, asking for a friend. Uh, cocaine uh, is so South American derivation, and as where heroin is the golden triangle, it 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 is a huge commodity in South mainland Southeast Asia, especially. Yeah. So and, so yeah, and the drug culture. While I'm sure it is certain, I'm sure it's there in '65. It, by it doesn't become like a huge issue till a little bit later in the '60s, and then once you get into the '70s, yeah, they were pretty much doing the marijuana, the devil's lettuce, that kind of stuff. Not really the the cocaine so much to speak. Devil's lettuce, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's legal in Illinois now. Yeah, how's how's it in Wyoming, Troy? I, I salute you guys. That's all I got to say. Backward hillbillies legalize it. So let's let's hear. Let a, me uh, <laughs> I, let me get a real quick. Yeah. Unless you have the actual clip of this, the I I just wrote this down because I thought this almost could be a Full Metal Jacket line that uh, Hartman says in Full Metal Jacket to one of his recruits. But if you toy with me, I'll burn you so bad you'll wish you died as a child. <laughs> <laughs> wow! And uh, which is what he says to Robin Williams, like within the first like minute of right, meeting like, him. Welcome, welcome and, to the base. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wow, uh, that is, that's heavy duty stuff right there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that in Leviticus when I was in Sunday school, too. So, <laughs> yeah, so that's similar. That's, uh, that's good. That's good management style there. Uh, so uh, let, let's hear, let's hear a little more of classic uh, Robin Williams. Here we go. Talk out the field today. Hi, what's your name? Hey, Bob Fibber. Bob, what do you do? I'm in artillery. Thank you, Bob. Is we play anything for you? Anything. Just play it loud, okay? No, I haven't meant nothing to you. I just named him Creek. Women that look like Dorma. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> Those girls are just so pretty. Gomer, are you here in Vietnam? Yes, I am. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Oh, I love the Linda. Gomer pile. Why did you name your daughter Linda Bird? Because Linda Dog would be too cruel. <laughs> Easy, girl. Easy. You know, if you pick them up by their ears, it doesn't hurt them as much. Oh, you're going straight to hell for that one. Watch out over there. Here's an incredible coincidence. Ho Chi Minh, Colonel Sanders, actually the same person. You be the judge. Our lines are open. Something real special right now. We've got our traffic report up there on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. How's it going up there? Uh, Adrian, it's not going uh, exactly well. There's a water buffalo jackknife up there. It's not a very pretty picture. There's horns everywhere. I don't know what to say. We're going to maybe drop in a little napalm there and try and cook him down. Maybe a little barbecue. Got a special man in the yeah, so, so... They're, they do, they do some great, obviously some pretty amazing improv by Williams, but um, yeah. shots of interspersed with like classic, you know, kind of mid sixties music with, with soldiers, like just 
toe tapping and having a good time. That's uh, you know, they're they're barbecuing, they're they're out in their swift boats, just uh, you know, rocking the delta. It's a it's a party. It is. It is. I thought it was interesting that um, you know, kind of right off the bat, he he sees these sort of type typewriters and these machines that are sort of spitting out intel. Uh, yeah. You know, um, things you know, information potentially that could be read on the air, but you know, a lot of it is being censored and they have these two sensors there. And right when I saw this, this, this will tell you how old I am. I I think I already did tell you that actually, but you have to give these to these two men who have to check the news to verify they could be read on the air. And my notes right here, Holy S H I T. It's the security guard from Terminator (laughs) two. Is it actually? Yes, Whoa. it's the two guys who in in T two it was one guy, but you know they they was they're twins and they if you remember the scene in T two he gets stabbed through the head with the uh, the T one thousand stabs him uh, through the coffee cup, and we'll probably be covering that later on the podcast actually another time, but uh, that that so that's my reference for for that dude. So they served oh, in Vietnam. Okay. I got to jump in here though. Yeah, I got to jump in like. Those two dudes obviously weren't. Anyway, I'm I'm thinking of the Hangover. Wasn't he like the doctor in the Hangover? One of those two twins. He they <laughs> they looked similar. You know that he's checking the. Do you remember that? Remember that time? I, I, I he, he's, he's a little big though. Like those the guys, unless they lost some weight. Like, right? I, I, I mean, got it. I just want them to be that. Then I guess so. Maybe that's just my okay, listeners. Uh, fantasy fact check Troy. Um, <laughs> Or yeah, check you don't have to it. fact check me. Post it on right. my post it on MySpace. Uh, whatever you need to do. Trust um, me, I'm like a smart na- person. Napalm, <laughs> napalm podcast <laughs> on right. Twitter. So uh, you know, scenes of GIs. The GIs are loving the radio show, um, and of course, uh, he gets yelled at by his supervisor. You know, like we don't want none of that uh, that rocking and rolling music. You know, they uh, they want him to listen to. Yeah. His coworkers seem to love it, though. Uh, one of them, Arliss, I mean, sorry, not Arliss, the uh, reporter from uh, Batman, the uh, O, not the, not the OG, <laughs> yeah. the uh, Michael Keaton Batman. Uh, oh, the, the best, reporter, best of the Batman. Definitely the best of the Batman. He is, he's Robin Williams, buddy. He loves it. Everybody loves it, except that lieutenant and the sergeant. And yeah. it's this so, you know, it's introduced from the very beginning of the movie. It's like, these guys are going to be hassling him the whole time. You know it from the first scene almost. And it's just this kind of. You wonder like, is there, is there like in the screen, right? 80s screenwriting, like you got to put in like, I got my hard ass sergeant who, who, you know, who's not putting up with the captain is not putting up with my BS. And like, I couldn't ascertain whether Cronauer felt like he was, um, well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave what the actual Adrian Cronauer has to say, uh, for a little later, but, um, maybe why the film, move so fluidly is because it it does play on a lot of those sort of things that we expect um and then we go to uh jimmy waz saigon lounge uh, <laughs> hold on i gotta say real quick don't compare a police action to a cappuccino don't play music that isn't okayed by us and then he says can i play bob dylan and he says no <laughs> definitely no <laughs> yeah so, um yeah I, I laughed out loud when I uh, heard that line. So there's some great, uh, yeah, and 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 of course William is beloved by the other DJs who recognize talent, and then uh, 
but the the hard asses up t- upstairs don't care for much. Um, but he has yeah. he's, he's protected by the general who just wants right. his soldiers to you know have good entertainment and right. to be happy. That's all he. But cares this about. is where the lieutenant comes in and he says that Nixon's coming in, right? Jones, is that where you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's right. And he's uh, we've got we've got Nixon coming in, and and we'll 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 hit that we'll hit that clip later um, where it appears in the movie. But yeah, so the so the background context is sort of um, Nixon coming in. The Vietnamese bar owner uh, Jimmy Wa. I, I should say that um, this film uh, this was not filmed in Vietnam, which is not really a criticism. In, in 1987, you're not making an American movie about the Vietnam War um, in Vietnam in 1987. So it's made in Thailand um, with some Vietnamese actors, but also a bunch of Thai actors. And it this will shock you, clutch your pearls, get ready, that they don't always um, know the difference between the countries, the religions. The it's uh, This shouldn't surprise us, but um, the good old days, again with the 80s tropes, we've got, uh, you know, when you could have a cardboard sort of monolithic caricature of, of homosexuals on the silver screen. Jimmy Wah is the, is the flamboyant and like, <laughs> like all eighties yeah. characters, like you're only allowed to be yep. one thing. You're allowed, if you're gay, you're like, that's all you are as a gay person. You're all <laughs> yeah. in. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so he is, he is really, really flaming it up there. Um, and then we have more of, uh, you know, we're on to Williams creepily pursuing a reluctant, uh, quote unquote, Vietnamese woman who's actually a Thai actress, uh, uh, Chintara, and um, yeah, the, again, more of this, and you, you know, we won't hit on this in constantly, but there's plenty of cringing with some of these old tropes. You know, Williams is Williams is also. I did the math. He's 36 when this is filmed, and uh, he is, you know, he's he's a lot older than the people he's pursuing by <laughs> by 16 years. Things haven't changed much, Eric. We've been to Thailand, and yeah, yeah. Match. I mean, com, right? You have uh, you have we, creepy, yeah. creepy old guys. Um, this is he's he's one of those guys in this film. Um, yeah, and, and Epstein levels. This is nothing really. So <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah. No, it's uh, if your scale is yeah Epsteinian, then yeah, he does not hit that level. So good job? Question mark? Yeah. Slow uh, clap. Yeah, uh, way to go. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy. (laughs) So um, he follows um, Tintara to an English class. His who is supposed to be a Vietnamese woman again. Yeah, he um, buys a bike that has no tires on it, and rides. Does does he? He rides the one who has the tire. And Forrest Whitaker rides the one without the tires. Oh, Forrest Whitaker has no tires. Okay. Yeah, and so that sucks. I wouldn't want the bike with no tires. Well, and it's also just classically like you know like. The Asians are just props in this movie. A lot of them are like, oh, I can just like imagine in America. Someone's like, here, Troy, here's here's 10 bucks. Like, I'm going to take your car from you now. <laughs> like whatever, like, you know, just like they're like, OK, like, I guess. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, fair, fair enough. enough. Seems like a deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, he follows her to class. Another great cringer moment. Uh, he teaches them jive. <laughs> Like he's uh, right out of the uh, right out of the sort of uh, blackface yeah. playbook. He's instead of teaching English, he's uh, I'll teach well, you how to wear. At least he wasn't wearing blackface when he did it. He was, he was not. Although he's really hairy. I mean, yeah. He um, one of my lines, my great lines from this is he takes over this English class so he can kind of stalk this girl he's um, following. And if he's like, 
you know, he's like, well, if, you know, if gypsies cut you off, you can give them the bird. Like, so he's, you can tell the director's like, okay, just like, okay, go take some cocaine, Robin, and just, and actually just, you know, do some crazy stuff on the screen. And so he's really, um, he's really hamming it up. Yeah, I'm sure for an introductory English level class, he was like a, the perfect teacher, really, like coked up Robin Williams. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I mean, I would definitely go to his class for sure. I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> but you know English. That's why you. <laughs> I still would go. I mean, it would still be worth Matt, it. You can always, no, I know. You can always learn something. You would know all the, you would uh, get all the references and the jokes and yeah. Yeah, all of the, all of the inside jokes and about jive turkeys like you would be you'd be killing the 1987 eric jones found that hilarious so he could not get enough of that george uh, jefferson would even be impressed actually a little bit yeah uh this won't be the last thing i bitch about but this is maybe one of the most egregious is they go after the fucking street food in in vietnam like oh. uh like so so the girl that he is after has a brother in the class and he, the brother is kind of on to him and sort of, yeah, I see what you're up to steers him away. Hey, this ain't going to work. And, and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, they, and they go to, they go to lunch together. So they go to lunch together. That Jimmy was right. No, no, no. They go out and they stay. They leave Jimmy was. Oh, that's right. And, and, and he, he sees, he sees her going out of the, the door of passing Jimmy Waz. He follows her to the English class and then they go out for street food. And, you know, he's like, oh, anything on the street that won't give you diarrhea, Robin Williams is. And for anyone who. Who's who been to Southeast Asia, that's not possible. Well, I mean, is that what you're going to say? Uh, I'm saying, I'm not saying, give you diarrhea, or to give you diarrhea? He's, he's like, it's the, the, no, the to, to not. It's, it's not possible to not get it. Please. But the point of this scene is that <laughs> oh, Vietnamese food, Vietnamese food is is terrible. You know, the point of this scene is trying to say like, oh, it's crazy, and as Vietnam has maybe the best food on the planet, arguably, and the way they're playing it out, it's sort of like. It's like Indiana Jones with they're eating monkey brains, kind of like brains. yeah, like yeah. it's so annoying because like maybe the best food, probably the best street food. Oh yeah, no, in, it's fantastic in Vietnam, but and so it is amazing. But the American Constitution <laughs> doesn't quite handle it as well as you would a Big Mac at a McDonald's. So yeah, yeah it's uh, I missed that part of the Constitution. I, would, I was I was thinking that too. Which amendment is that in the Constitution? <laughs> Which, <yeah. laughs> Okay. A yeah. Right. Kind of constitution. <laughs> right. You can if you want your fries. You can, but yeah. So so that that pissed me off maybe as much as anything. And this is like dissing Vietnamese food because it's amazing. So I'm right uh, there with you. Yeah. I'm gonna spell it out. No solid bowel movements for two weeks when I was there. Okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna spell it out. Uh. Well. <laughs> you don't have okay. to cut that. Okay. Your your fair. Your your constitution. <laughs> Uh, That's sometime, what constitution. Sometime we got to tell the Tiger Bob story. Maybe this isn't the episode for that. But, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe not. But uh, anyway, <laughs> stay tuned, listeners, for that. <laughs> Troy, Troy's Tiger Bomb story. Uh, so um, I still have that Tiger Bomb. So anyway, <laughs> still have some left. The burn marks are still on you. Uh, so so Scars. Tuan is um, Chintara's brother. They go out to lunch, and then um, he brings he brings Tuan into the bar, and this will be pivotal later. The best words. Yeah, I have the best. I'm good word. at war. Trust me, I'm like a smart person. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the bar is only for GIs. Jimmy Choo's is only for GIs, and here he brings in Tuan, and so these, you know, uh, jarheads give him a hard time, and they're 
they're yelling. We, we don't want any of those uh, enter. Well, this is after Robin Williams, quote unquote, steals uh, the girls from from them to bring them over to the radio. Oh, yeah. Guys. Yeah, right, right. There's there's like um, what appear to be sex workers talking to those boys and, and Williams and his gang. Yeah, like whistle and cat call them a classic works every time uh, again, uh, you know, brings them over and those soldiers get pissed off at, at Williams fight breaks out. Yeah. And uh, Williams gets a dressing down again from his superiors. Like, what right. in the hell? Yeah, no, they're, they're hassling them specifically for bringing in the Vietnamese is like their biggest hangup. Not as much as stealing their girls, yeah. but it's for, hey, what's with the Vietnamese in the bar? Like the Vietnamese dude. So that, you know, you can see, you can sort of see the, I don't know, racial tension or within, within that scene uh, played out at that point. That tracks with reality in terms of um, what's happening in Vietnam, for sure. And then, and then we have a weird uh, sort of. They sets up. Oh, we'll set up a Groot family tape, and then you know, cue Harry Nielsen's. Let me tell you about my best friend. You know, they're having a good time montage uh, out at the um, out at the bazaar, uh, eating some food, and uh, they go to a movie with eleven of her relatives. <laughs> And so Williams is trying to to court the Vietnamese way, you know, with family approval. Um, yeah. You know, Tuan's sort of this is the only way it's going to happen. So and, uh, his method of sweet talk is to make the most obscure references possible. Okay, so here's <laughs> one. Um, I'm not used to girls being that quiet unless they're medicated. Here's another one. Normally, I go out with girls who talk so much, you could hook them up to a wind turbine, and they could power a small New Hampshire town. Uh, oh. Okay. Okay. So. Isn't that how, isn't that how you wooed your this wife? This is, uh, look, look. That, guy's a, that guy is a player right Th- there, those, for sure. That that's very that's a very Robin Williams thing. Like when I'm watching this, I was just laughing because if you asked an random average Joe American where I don't know Tay Ninh was or something in Vietnam, they would have no damn clue what you were talking about. So <laughs> he's making obscure New Hampshire references to a Vietnamese woman. <laughs> she most likely has no damn idea what the hell he's talking about. This is it's very much like in. Aladdin. She's been to his English class. One, Matt. Okay, fair. But it, it just reminded me of, of him in Aladdin. He, so uh, he's the genie in Aladdin, if you didn't know that. Robin Williams is genie. And he, he makes William F. Buckley references uh, as the genie. Okay. Do you think a nine-year-old? Your kids love that. Yeah, my kids, my yeah. kids see that and they say, oh, William F. Buckley. Yep, got that one. Uh, Hilarious. Now, obviously, it, maybe it's for the parents, but um, still, I, I just had to say, Robin Williams, obscure references that you... <laughs> so maybe his jokes were for for her parents. Oh, yeah. Her, her, her parents that? definitely knew what New Hampshire was. Yeah. I, I think it covered jive talk and northeastern states during the class. Yeah, that was... Oh, that sure. was, that, was, that, was, oh, that was like... Chapter two, chapter two was... They didn't show it in the movie. They didn't show okay, it in the movie, Maine, but... Vermont, they cover New North Eastern states, for yes, sure. okay. <laughs> Jive talk, check, New, yeah. New England states, yeah. what I'm trying to say. And scene. So, uh, we're back in the newsroom, and can this I, is sort can of... Can I, uh, if we could make yeah. an aside, um, no. to, to, to harken back to Quiet American... Do we have a comparison we can make between the pickup moves of Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser 
and Rob. It's very low energy. <laughs> I'm not used to that kind of a person. So Brendan Fraser and Robin Williams. Who's got the better moves? Let's just. I want to just go with that. I love Brendan Fraser in Encino Man. That was probably one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> you, so. you would you would fall for him if he did his Encino if Man, was, um, for sure. Encino I think Man. yeah. Let's, if Paul, good... if, if Paulie Shore came in, I would be like, "Wow, win win." For I, sure. I think I think Matt. I think you're thinking about it too, like clinically. I think you know. Well, I am a doctor, uh, so I think the best. I think uh, the best words are from Brendan Fraser. But the the comic whirlwind energy of Robin Williams, even if you don't understand it, it's just gonna like pull you in, and you can't you can't get out of his spell. I think he you can't escape the energy from Robin Williams. I, I've for sure. I've been in proximity to that whirlwind, Matt, and it is again seeing the photos on Facebook. tornado of arm hair. It is intoxicating. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so I well, I guess I should say so I was uh, I was a water ski instructor at Ke Lagoon. And, uh, yeah, we had to, we had a little, uh, taught him and his son how to ski. This would have been 90, 1995. Uh, he was a hairy man and he was really nice and hilarious, but I, I was, I looked into his eyes and I, did, I did fall for him. I should put that picture up on our, one of our social media. Um, but, um, yeah, Hey, let's, uh, we'll, we're, we're going to, we're going to go some clips here, but let's take a little break. Uh, listen to our sponsors and we'll be back. Morning Vietnam! Hallo, ihr Pfadfinder, bitte nicht vergessen, Montag ist Malariatag. Schluckt auch die gelbe Durchfallpille und wetzt die Sohlen für den Hohscheiß. Ah, it's even more hilarious in German. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're back and uh, back with the Good Morning Vietnam. We're back in the newsroom where really censorship is starting to change. We, you've seen it kind of kind of passively take place as Tweedledee and Tweedledum. The the censors are, are, no, are no, marking stuff out. No, no, it's the T2 guy, whatever his name is. Right, Terminator dudes. The yeah. uh, Troy, who did you think they were? The Doctor on. I hangover. thought they were from the road trip, but I did some research and and uh, the Hangover. Excuse me. Okay, and uh, they're not. They're yeah, not. yeah. I. But they are in Terminator too, right? Are all big people look alike? Is that what you're trying to say? All twins, maybe a all little bit. Look I'm glad all, you asked. All twins. It's Don and Dan Stanton, the uh, Stanton twin brothers, born December twenty second, nineteen fifty two. Okay. The so, actors from Good Morning Vietnam. There you Kill go. Your Darlings, Terminator 2, and Ooh. something else and something, something. Yeah, there you go. Thank it. you. Thank you, Matt, for correcting me. Way to go. I stand corrected. So, so um, don't want to spoil things for listeners, but the war goes bad in Vietnam for yeah, the United States. Definitely whoa, bad. Whoa, whoa, and, whoa. Um, I just started the war. I'm good at war. I've had a lot of wars of my own. I'm really good at war. <laughs> so, yeah, the war goes bad, and... Uh, but these are getting redacted out for for Williams as he's reading it. Um, yeah, there's a uh, and, uh, McNamara requests three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand sol- thousand soldiers, um, and uh, Forrest Whitaker says he can't report it. Williams is kind of insistent. Hey, I I got to do it. I got to bring reality to these these guys that are listening, you know. But he kind of relents, and then you get another sort of montage um, with hacky Williams stuff, and yeah. Let, let, let's, so, let's, listen, let's listen to a little of that. Yeah. Let's listen to a little of that. Again, we've got our friend from military intelligence. Can you tell us what you've found out about the enemy since you've been here? We found out that we can't find them. They're out there, and we're having a major difficulty in finding the enemy. Well, what do you use to look for them? Well, we ask people, are you the enemy? And whoever says yes, <laughs> we shoot them. <laughs> 
very difficult to find a Vietnamese man named Charlie. They're all named Noi Gian or Dao or things like that. It's very difficult for me. Yeah, so so that that Gober Pyle um, and Troy, way to way to bring the podcast down. You've got some sad news for our listeners. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid to say Jim Neighbors, who played Gomer Pyle, has passed away at the ripe young age of 87 in 2017. Okay, so we're a little late. But he died in Hawaii. He died in Hawaii, though. That's cool. That's I mean, a that, good place to die. Know, that's, that's all right. It's Not to brag, but that's where I met Robin Breaking news from 2017. Yeah. Well, you know, some people don't get on the internets very often, and I just thought I would help out. Okay. Here, so, well, golly, that's not very good. I got to work on that. Yeah, I gotta, his, I his, stuff uh, up my yeah. gym neighbors. He also played. Um, God dang it, he was on uh, Andy Griffith too. Yeah, yeah that's I mean, right. I don't, you know. And so he, gonna, he's sort of a stand-in for like big and dumb goober. And fun um, fact from that show, they never mentioned Vietnam once. Well, smart. Um, you know, Vietnam is Vietnam is a country. It's not just a war map. So I think when Jim Neighbors was on, I think he was in that was Korean War, I believe. When he was on the Gomer Pyle show, was that was the Korean War, I believe. If was I it? am, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure. I don't, I, didn't, I think yeah, I think that was before '65 that had gone off the air. Yeah, they had a time I, machine I, I map. Go- Are you okay Google with that? For you. I'm going to go with me on this. <laughs> okay. Hey, on listeners, fight it out. Twitter, hook me up. Give me love. Yeah. Give me all, Whoever's right will pay you a hundred dollars. I'll take the fake news yeah. if, I, if I can get it. So, so we 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 got a lot of wacky antics. Yeah, from yeah. I, it's I, another I found... one of those montages. Oh, he's so edgy and he's pushing his rock music montages. Um, yeah, which it's is Motown, essentially the Beach Boys of it. Yeah. yeah, and um, I found some I found some deleted scenes. Uh, this is one of those from they just let the camera roll and he's improvising uh, more with Gomer Pyle. Also, some other stories coming your way, but first, hey, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Gomer, what are you doing here? I've just been on R&R in Bangkok, and if I got some stuff to tell ye, I'll tell you this, Saudi cop, I no, just R&R couldn't R&R stop. No R&R in Bangkok and the Korean oh, War. There, Gomer? Well, I went on this one place, I went into a bar, there are ping pong balls, things are flying at me. Next thing you know, I picked up this beautiful, beautiful girl. Well, what was her name? Guitar? Really? What was she like? She's incredible. I get home, I get home, I get back to her, all of a sudden she takes off her clothes and surprise, surprise, surprise. That's a little insider baseball also for uh, It's like a bag of giblets. I don't know what to do. Well, thank you for telling us that story, Gomer. Yeah, so so (laughs) Robin Williams, the behind the scenes clips of improv are are kind of funny because they are all over the place. And he's he's throwing spaghetti against the wall, and some of it sticks, and uh, some of it does not. Um, Are you saying he did his research? I'm saying he probably he was he was right outside of Bangkok uh, when this is filmed. So, okay, um, yeah. The uh, the uh, need we say more? So um, maybe one of my favorite clips of uh, Adrian Cronauer portrayal is his fake interviews with people, and uh, especially Nixon. Now this mirrors a 1965 actual historical uh, event, um, Nixon's visit to Vietnam. What's going down in, in 1965 with Nixon, Matt? Sure, sure. So Nixon, who is, uh, for some context, right, vice president under Eisenhower, he loses very close election to Kennedy, the 1960 election, and he's sort of in limbo. He attempts to run for governor in California, 62, and he loses that as well. And, and it seems like Nixon is 
done, right? But he is attempting to build up his especially foreign policy bona fides, which is what he's most interested in. And that means he's going to have to travel overseas. So at 65, he is he makes a, a tour of Asia. He is in Tokyo. While he is uh, he's, he is Republican, he is in some ways not supportive of Lyndon Johnson, uh, especially domestically, in terms of foreign policy with Vietnam. While maybe his rhetoric would sound like he's not in support of Lyndon Johnson in terms of his the policies he's proposing, they're not super different. I would I I would say um, to make it real brief, but he makes a trip to Vietnam. He said uh, real quick quick quote uh, at the American Legion convention: um, "Those who predict Vietnam War will end in a year or two are smoking opium or taking LSD." End quote. So that's Nixon '65, and he does make a a quick trip uh, visit to Vietnam, South Vietnam, uh, and he met with uh, American and South Vietnamese officials on the progress of the war, uh, gathered information, uh, and he attempted to kind of use that and weaponize that information against Lyndon Johnson. Are you saying that Nixon was willing to uh, get play dirty tricks in order to uh, he wouldn't like disrupt the peace process or wouldn't like just to playing political advantage? Is that what you're trying to say, Matt? Am I saying that Nixon would I don't know sabotage peace talks in oh I don't know let's say 1968 uh, to try to win election hypothetical for presidency? I'm not I'm not saying that. No, Nixon. I, I think he would not do that. No. His own archives say that. Um, well, well, let's hear. So let's hear some of that. Audio tapes. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's hear. Let's hear some of the some of the interview, the uh, the fake interview with Cronauer and and Nixon here. does involve, I think, very appropriately, as you have suggested, give and take. Well, I really didn't make that suggestion, sir. I'm sorry. The United States has no right to give. Why would Cronauer's voice be on this tape? I don't know, Lieutenant. Mr. Nixon, thank you for that concise political commentary, but I think I'd like to delve into something slightly more personal for the men in the field. How would you describe your testicles? That they're soft, but that they're shallow, but they have no purpose. (laughs) What are you saying, sir? Would you describe your sex life with your wife, Pat? Uh, it is unexciting sometimes. Well, have you considered a possibly a sex change? There is an operation that can transform Please you into a female great Please don't do this to me. Very well hung chihuahua. Mr. Nixon, while you've been in Vietnam, it's rumored that you've smoked marijuana. Are you planning, sir, to take some of the marijuana home back to the United States? How would you do that? Yeah, so uh, I thought Stephen Colbert had um, had pioneered the fake interview, uh, but it's uh, we now know it's Adrian Cronauer. His his bosses. I mean, you heard a little bit of the tape, uh, Matt Troy. Do they like this idea? This little this little gag of his. They were not fond of it. Yeah, he gets yelled at again. You know, but the you know the the top brass keep supporting him because because the soldiers love him. But he's. 
it's getting harder and harder to defend um, Williams' behavior, Cornell's behavior, because he's, you know, uh, what's interesting is that the the military is consumed with having a, the armed forces radio being sort of sanitized. Meanwhile, like soldiers in the field, like they're seeing, they're seeing experiencing the worst of it. So I've always found that like fascinating that they somehow like, I could see like lying to the people at home because they don't know any better, but like the soldiers in the field, like they, they definitely know like they're from a yeah. from firsthand yeah. experience. So yeah, like it's, so it's, it's a, it's a weird kind of um, thing that's happening, but you shouldn't make fun of the, you should never make fun of the president. I mean, because trust Who me. Who would do that? Um, I mean, you really don't have to make fun of the nobody president. Nobody bigger I mean, or better at the military than I am. So yeah, so we're back to we're back to Jimmy Waz and um, Robin Williams is in there, and then suddenly um, Tuan Chintara's brother uh, comes into the comes into Jimmy Waz and like says makes up like a f- uh, fake excuse like Hey, we got to go out here and you got to help me with something. So he hustles him out of the um, Jimmy Waz, and it and it explodes seconds after they're out the door. He says that your um, my sister wants to see you, which is motivating for Williams. He'll uh, that's a good play right there. Good move. He'll he'll jump at that, and then um, so the so the the sensors, you know, they're they're reporting news. News is being reported, and they they x out. Who are the sensors? What they again? don't want in the I air. Forget. Who are those guys? Oh, T I, I, I two. Oh, yeah, the guys from Terminator yeah. Two. That's right. <laughs> exactly. The not the guys not from, from the Hangover. hangover. <laughs> not from the Hangover. Um, so, uh, so <laughs> they they report they, they report they he wants to and Williams wants to report this bombing in on the air. Like this isn't news that is being redacted from me. It's something he experienced and uh, comes with a transom and. Uh, he wants to report it, and this is a this is a pretty good scene because this is kind of the uh, a turning point in the movie. But to the check, I was there. Captain. Airman, you know the rules. If this is a legitimate news story, it must go through proper channels. Listen, Tweedledee, it's an actual event. What do you think this came from? Shaving? It's Tweedledee, the truth. I was right. Report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. Okay. What's going on here, sir? Will you listen to me? This is not official news, Airman. As far as I'm concerned, it didn't happen. It did happen. You I shut your there. mouth. What are you afraid of, Dickerson? People might find out there's a war going on. This news is not official, Airman. You want everyone going to the assumption it's perfectly safe here, don't you? Well, it's not. The fighting's not just in the hills, it's downtown. It's a couple of fucking I said it is none of your goddamn business. God damn it, Bobby. I'll sell propane and propane (laughs) accessories. I guess I get inside, hit these air conditioners, I get a little dizzy. Thanks for setting me straight. Uh, it's a faint... Don't fall for it, few good men. Sits down at the I felt microphone. I have fallen for it. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, I know it's not the morning, but that's my trademark. And good evening sounds too depressing. Hey, we're going right now to lose today, from England. Today, Princess Margaret threw a shoe. <laughs> Easy match. Also, Liz, Queen Liz, Liz, Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. She's still married after six months. Way to go, Liz. Hey. Right. In Saigon today, according to official sources, nothing actually happened. One thing that didn't officially happen was a bomb didn't officially explode at 1430 hours, unofficially destroying Jimmy Waugh's cafe. Get him out of there. Three men. Oh, no, you didn't. Wounded. Two men whose identities are still not known at this time. 
Subversive. He's, he's locked. Yeah, yeah. Subversive. Um, locking the door. Uh, and they. This will. This will result in his. Um, really being um, taken off the air and suspended. Yeah, suspension. Yeah, his uh, his 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 replacement lays an egg in his stead. Um, uh, I have Lieutenant and... <laughs> Jerkface in my notes. Lou, <laughs> yeah, Lieutenant Lieutenant Jerkface. Let's hear just a few seconds of his replacement comedy routine. So let's take an internet poll. Do you like Williams or do you like this? Lieutenant Steve, Lieutenant Steve, who's that? It's me, your old pal Frenchie. Listen, Frenchie, painful. let me ask you something. Do you like good food? Oh, but, but of course, uh, the French love good food. <laughs> well, uh, then I guess that would make you an Edie Gourmet. <laughs> oh, Lieutenant Steve. Oh, oh Frenchie. Oh, laughing because it's a, so bad. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. it's, it's great. The, the, they do a great job of panning to, like, Forrest Whitaker and everyone else who just are, like... And, you know, Batman reporter who was just, like, just sh- shocked at how awful, like, watching this, somebody just bombing on stage. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, he, uh, he he does not he does not do well. Um, and then we have... Uh, we kind of have the um, obligatory you know, Robin Williams has to get drunk now because, and feel sorry for himself mm-hmm. scene, so that... Yeah, he's got to feel sorry for himself, and he's got to go be among the people, Matt. Now, this is where Robin William gets inside Vietnam and really gets to understand the warp and weft of that great country. He goes to um, visit his girlfriend's village. Some really and, nice uh, uh, scenery, though. It looked very, very beautiful, I will say. Yeah, I like Thailand. Um, people are people, <laughs> so why should it be? You and I should get along so awfully. Exactly. Well put, Troy. Um and, uh, you know, like, uh, th- uh, there, there's another, like, there's sort of stand-ins for Asia, like, oh, they're Buddhists, and they're sitting for peace. You know, like, who, what are those things? Oh, those are Buddhists. And then there's there's also a scene where they're, uh, a different form of Buddhism is practiced in, in mainly and predominantly in Vietnam, as it is in the rest of mainland Southeast Asia, right, right. Mahayana and Vietnam and Theravada. And so, like, but they're, you know, they go to a Thai Buddha uh, Theravada temple there with the, the Thai monks and... Um, you know, Look, they're no, working with no, what they had. Okay. No Southeast Asian nerds are supposed to be watching and knowing this, uh, but uh, yeah, we'll um, uh, we'll ding them on that. Come on, you guys, you can okay. do that. Okay, you just uh, lost the dong point. Yeah, yeah, m- minus the dong. You, you could get you know. I don't understand a word you guys just <laughs> said there. So, see, and that's what they were counting on, Troy. Do they have they, dongs in Wyoming? Yeah, they're they're worth what's what's uh, they're on sheep, but yeah, there's some dongs there. What's the what's the ratio? So. Um, <laughs> It's the you know the classic uh, kind of oh the you know rustic Asia where simpler people simpler times you know rural um, this relationship won't work says Tuan because or uh, says Chintara because there's maybe no future for my country yeah they and, they can't be um, friends she says he's he he's like hey I don't want to sleep with you like what if we're just friends and you know he's like we can't be friends yeah um. And so, uh, you know, Robin, everyone wants Cronauer back on the air. They're hating um, uh, Sergeant Jerkface. Is that what you called him, Matt? Um, uh, that's one of the things I've called him in my notes. Yeah, okay. And uh, he, you know, he refuses. And then uh, it's this, uh, you know, give the people what they want. Uh, he gets stuck in a traffic jam with soldiers. And he's, 
um, improving and like, uh, hey, there's a soldier away from, and you know, uh, sort of there was riffing on. So, uh, so this is uh, you're you're referencing when that he's reinstated, right? Sorry, just to clarify. They're they're asking to be on there. He says, "I'm not going to do it," and then he gets he's about to get reinstated. Okay, yeah. okay. I, I did want to say there was a really nice and and kind of early silent majority reference by the lieutenant. Hey, you know the the people that uh, don't write in and complain about me are are the masses. The people that we can consume that they all love me, right? Yeah. The people that complain, that's the minority. The people that love me are the people that are silently sitting at home. And right there in my notes, silent majority. Bam. And all those people out protesting. Yeah. You're not counting all the people who aren't protesting. Right. Um, right. Uh, he, you know, Williams uh, can't resist the charms of the soldiers and vice versa. Goes back on the air. Um, and then it's a montage of like. Uh, Don't I need a montage. You know, at, going to need a montage of escalating violence across Vietnam, uh, protests, unrest, you know, they sort of wrap up, um, spool together sort of 65 to 68 in a kind of a flurry of kind of images that, you know, they're, they're not, they're not meant to be historically sort of situated necessarily, but it's giving you the sense that it's the shit is going down, uh, in Vietnam. And that was not untrue. I did find it a little annoying when, you know, Williams is playing coy. Oh, I'm not going to go back on the air. And Forrest Whitaker says, yeah. look, don't worry about these, you know, don't worry about the, the sergeant, the lieutenant, like the people, the soldiers that you're speaking to, they're the ones that need to hear you. They're the ones that need to hear your voice. They're the ones you're speaking to. And Williams rebuffs that immediately says, yeah, yeah, whatever. But then once he, sees the soldiers, he said, he basically comes to the realization, hey, these are the guys I'm doing it for. I'll go back on the air. And I'm like, right, didn't he just tell you that, like, before? You know, it was, it was to me, it was a little annoying. I don't know, maybe he needed that, you know, kind of visual representation of, of that sort of concept. I don't know, but. Yeah, when you're boxed in by a bunch of soldiers rooting for you, I think that's a pretty good visual. I mean, I. I, I could see where he was all pumped up at that point for sure. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good scene. Like when they let Williams go, is when the movie does its best. Is 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 when he's sort of off leash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, um, you can there. There's there's a lot of those sort of ad lib stuff coming there, um, flying at the soldiers. Then then where kind of the next turning point in the movie is, uh, Williams is going to go out and do some field interviews um, uh, and unlock. Uh, a couple hours north of Saigon, and um, and we get a real uh, sergeant. What's his name? Um, not Jerkface, but uh, a few good men sends him. Dipshit. How about? Yeah, d- dipshit Kirby. I think his yeah. name sends him to douche bag. He he knows that he knows that this is dangerous. It's been taken over by the uh, Viet Cong. Yeah, he checks beforehand to make sure. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Yeah. And he calls like, "Hey, is that really dangerous?" He's like, "Yeah, it's dangerous." But so so like yeah we should clear the way, uh, and 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 let them head up there. Uh, car hits a landmine. Uh, he and Forrest Whitaker are walking in the jungle. Let me, let me just say I had some very highly raised eyebrows at that whole conversation. <laughs> you, you mean uh, which one of Will- with the sergeant saying, "Oh, is that road dangerous? Oh, it is." <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, then we'll send him. Sign that me way, up, shan't we? Yes. Um, even if he's a sergeant that like has a problem with a guy, is he going to send him into a known dangerous territory on purpose? I so let me just say I had some raised eyebrows. Not to say it's not possible for that to have happened, but I mean, like usually, like the fragging was from bottom up, but maybe from top down, like. Uh... Um, Matt, there's, there's Old Testament precedents for sending people into war to kill them. There's Old Testament precedents for lots of things that are not good. So, um, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> have you read it? <laughs> it's, it's been a while. Uh, um, so, uh, they hit a landmine and Tuan finds out that they're missing, steals a car and heads out to find them. And it's pretty simply, both, both the kind of like, uh, kind of Green Beret style, like, I've seen a helicopter crash or in a Jeep crash and like, no problem. Just dust off the old uniform. And, uh, and I, and also Twan like finding him like very easily, like, you know, like of the course, fact like, that Twan just... like commandeers some random milk truck and then just like, um, where, where are they? They're yeah. heading that direction. I'll get them. And then he just steals a milk truck or whatever the hell it was. And, and drives up there. Um, it was, too a little too much for me i'm a, i ain't much of a reader or, or historical and stuff but i don't think there's i mean vietnam is pretty small right so it wouldn't be that hard to find them in the trees and whatnots right i mean it's pretty easy to find those guys well, i mean unlike it's two <laughs> hours sure. away <laughs> yeah it's it's i mean yeah i mean it's i you should be able to find them yeah right it's not it's, it's a no it's, problem it's a yeah it's easy like you know they found uh like, like they found everything yeah um, so the, uh, you know, the, the veil is lifted back at the base. Uh, Dickerson tells Cronauer that he's off the air for good. And why? Because Twan is revealed as a VC operative and Ooh. the one responsible for the bombing. Oh. Jimmy was. Don't say that. No. Yeah. And so he was dead all along this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a real sixth sense turn. Um, whoa, 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 find out- whoa. We haven't done that movie yet. Is there a Vietnam references in there? Well, there, yeah. Probably at some point, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, Williams is Williams is pissed, too, because he he fought in the name of sort of, like, sort of, sort of racial equality to get, let his friend in, to come into the, to Jimmy Waz, and then he turns out, he uses it as a pretense to, to plant a palm in there. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. It, ale- allegedly. Matt, they have pictures. William seeks him, seeks him out, and yells out his revolutionary name like Fondacto, and uh, uh, and then oh, I Juan knows that. the jig is up. Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's, okay, it's revolutionary. Okay, very good, very yeah. good. I had the I oh, had nice. the close I had the closed captions. On. Nicely done. Yeah, nicely done, sir. And uh, um, my name is not Tobe. It's Kunta. <laughs> exactly. Kunta Kinte. It's a real. Same it's a real. It's a real much. revealer. Um, and then, you know, Williams is, I'm glad you Williams didn't say chases. I'm dances with wolves. <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get me started. How many beers are you in there, Troy? <laughs> I don't know. Not enough. Yeah. Half, a, enough. Bag, half a baker's dozen. Wait till you get some the peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. So Twan recounts a list of family and friends that are dead because of the war. You know, sort of saying like, yeah, you know, you think I betrayed you, but what about, you know, what you're doing to my country? And um, can, can I go back real, real quick? Yeah. yeah. So 
when the sergeant is telling Williams, hey, your buddy is is uh, Viet Cong, and he gives him kind of some evidence that would support that. That will be proven out bigly. Why doesn't, <laughs> why doesn't Williams say, hey, why'd you send me into the shit on purpose? Why did he try to protect him from going to unload? Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think Tuan knew he was headed there. No, but the sergeant knew. No, when he's talking to the sergeant, I'm saying. Uh, 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 oh, right, when right, right. the sergeant exactly says your like, buddy is. Hey, asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you want you want later the general said, you know, like says like, hey, he gets demoted because like, hey, you're 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 a mean person, which I was like, like, he's more than a mean person. He he tried to get him killed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're like mean. <laughs> You're like so, you just, you're mean. Why you gotta be you're so? Really why mean. you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? So like uh, killing people and stuff. I love. There's a pretty great Robin Williams, uh, and he's like, you know, like my best friend's a VC. Like this will not look good on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty pretty great. Uh, yeah, um, that's what's on mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, close, <laughs> closing. Uh, yeah, Matt. One man's revolutionary is another man's freedom fighter, Matt. But the VC dude did help out he Mr. Did. Robin Williams and saved his butt pretty much. So. He did. He did. He did. Um, and so uh, Williams is headed home, and his last stop is a uh, a touching softball game with his English class. Uh, they're hitting melons with a with bamboo bat and um, sort of running around running around the bases. It's a it's a real hallmark moment. Um, that seemed a little excessive to me. Like, really? Like, we got to throw that in there. But hey, it's 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 beautiful. But it's just and like, you you could tell like the stage directions are like okay, everyone like laugh like live laugh love just like bust your bend over everything that happens, bend over fall down laughing. Yeah. Well, and you can definitely tell that some of these actors were not like you know, native English speakers. And he was just essentially sounded like they were kind of riffing at Robin Williams and trying to speak the best English that they knew how to. And um, it, it was in some ways it was the most sort of innocent moment of the film, like the most, I don't know, real realistic, maybe of the film. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I think that's fair. Like, yeah, there's an actual kind of, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're, these are not, these are people having, kind of genuine emotions except for the 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 hilarious laughter um <laughs> well yeah <laughs> he, uh <laughs> then it's a, he he says goodbye to chintara and uh farewell uh, at the airfield we're treated to another sort of montage of escalation um soldiers wounded it's 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 actually not a bad scene like they're coming off the plane um they're hitting the base and you can see like things are ramping up as he's getting out of vietnam yeah. Um, and then he leaves his. Let's listen to a bit of his. He hands a tape to Forrest Whitaker, and let's hear a little bit of that for his final broadcast. That's right, the final Adrian Cronauer broadcast. And this one is brought to you by our friends at the Pentagon. Remember the people who brought you Korea. That's right, the U.S. <laughs> Army. If it's being done correctly here or abroad, it's probably not being done by the Army. I heard that. Oh, you're here. Good to see you. I'm here to make sure you don't say anything controversial. Speaking of things controversial, is it true that there is a marijuana problem here in Vietnam? No, it's not a problem. Everybody has it. I don't know, Adrian. Leo, Leo. Adrian, take care of yourself. I just want you to know one thing. 
If you're going to be dressing in civilian clothes, don't forget pumps. Thank you, Leo. Thanks for these. Oh, these are special. The ruby slippers, Adrian. Put these on and say, there's no place like home. There's no place like home, and you can be there. <laughs> I hope. I hope we all could. Ah, uh, yeah. And he sails off into the into the into the sunset, um, leaving his farewell broadcast there. Um, and Forrest Whitaker plays him out. So, so it's it's sort of le- left like maybe Forrest Whitaker is going to be the he's going to yeah. take his spot. Yeah, that's right. Um, he definitely steps up. I I could see that for sure. Yeah. He does. Um, and I love I love that Forrest Whitaker's glasses help his. Uh, <laughs> His wonky eye. I really, I think that look. He looks good. He looks really good. Does he have a wonky eye? I did. You haven't heard of Forrest Whitaker eye? I mean, you know, I've it's, not. It's, it's pretty much in the. It's in the public. It's in the public eye. But uh, speaking, any, anyway, I'm gonna okay. shut up now. All right. Well, I will. I will Google that after we're done. So, Perfect. well, that must mean it's time for our next segment, which is book of the week. All right, so book of the week, this time I wanted to go in a little bit more depth on indoctrination in uh, the armed forces, which is, um, you know, to a degree, uh, certainly a a theme of the film, Um, censorship, uh, what we are and are not allowing the soldiers to hear. So let's look at Christopher Estorosa's political indoctrination in the U.S. Army from World War II to the Vietnam War. Um, now, this book, as the title implies, is not focused specifically on Vietnam. And in fact, Vietnam is, is not a huge part of this book. But what it does do is we kind of get to see the arc um, from World War II era up into the 60s of how it sort of changed. So if you're looking at World War II, for example, according to DeRosa, that Frank Capra films, for example, are you know are kind of pretty well known. Um, but these are things that you know they they are saying maybe they're changing attitudes among some soldiers, but uh, maybe not behavior. Um, and a lot of it is not super overt in the First World War. Um, there are anti-VD. Films. Uh, one soldier remarked on those: um, the army put half the effort into political indoctrination that put into keeping the soldiers celibate. We would have defeated the Japanese a year earlier. I think I have a sound clip on that, Matt. Speaking of VD. Yeah, so you were saying, Matt? Um, so, I mean, that just goes to show that maybe it it is stressed to a degree, um, political indoctrination, but it is certainly not not prominent or, you know, hallmark of this era. Now, that, that'll change when we get to the Cold War, um, when it kind of, um, according to DeRosa, uh, gains permanency. 
um, but falls short of legitimacy. Um, so this is where you have, for example, um, Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair Admiral Arthur W. Radford trying to um, kind of impose his own personal uh, really right-wing uh, Christian agenda. Um, that sort of stuff, you know, doesn't doesn't go too far uh, with a lot of soldiers. I think if you're just thinking about anti-communist propaganda, which is hallmark of this next sort of era, you know, maybe Korean War up to uh, Vietnam, when Vietnam begins, uh, you know, the McCarthy era, um, anti-communist propaganda is, is certainly certainly powerful and, and made. But it's almost for a lot of soldiers kind of like, well, yeah, a duh sort of thing. Um, this is something that troops um, would have just, in most instance, instances, taken for granted, that uh, the West capitalism is, of course, the right way to go. Um, and so... so Anti-communism is, is very much stressed as part of this uh, by the U.S. Army, but it is uh, almost as if it wasn't ne even necessary to the degree it was. And then when you get into the 60s, you start seeing a bit of a uh, backlash against uh, some of this, you know, McCarthyist uh, sort of rhetoric. Um Strom Thurmond's real, real big, uh, Senator Strom Thurmond uh, is real big um, on this soft on communism, things of that nature. Um, but the army becomes a bit more cautious once you get into this era, once you get into they get the era of the Vietnam War. Um, you know, it, it seems like the extremism of the anti-communist era is, is peaked already um, in terms of rhetoric or indoctrination. Um, and so what we're seeing, you know, in the film, like, hey, don't play Dylan because he's subversive or what have you. Um, that would, uh, that, that, that's kind of small potatoes compared to, you know, 10 years earlier, for instance. Um, uh and, yeah, so the, the book does a good job of sort of tracing this. You can sort of see it peak, right? It's like you're climbing a hill or a mountain. Uh, World War II, you're sort of gaining some steam. You're peaking in the 50s, and then you're starting to come down again um, by the time you get to Vietnam. Uh, one Marine said uh, the only thing they told us about Viet Cong was that they were gooks, uh, end quote. Um, so that right there, you know, is an example of political indoctrination is not as not as prominent by the time you get to Vietnam. Okay, but we see it. You know, the film is kind of a you know, it's it's a cinematic recreation of, of events. Um, it's still there, it's still around, but uh, it is uh, uh, certainly not there to the degree that it was uh, even just a few years prior. So that's uh, Book of the Week. And one, once again, that's Christopher Estorosa, Political Indoctrination in the U.S. Army, World War II to Vietnam, 2006. I think if you just listen to the birds, turn, 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 that should...
pretty much sum it all up. You know, a time to be born, a time to die, <laughs> time to plant, time to uh, reap. Also from the Bible. Kill, a time to be. Oh, that's true. <laughs> they stole it. You're right. Yeah. No, they wrote that. It's a, that's Roger McGuinn original. I, they wrote it. The Bible, the Bible stole it. Yeah. Okay, that's what you're saying. All right, that's cool. All right, so 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 our, our final order of business is we need to give this uh, our dong rating. Dong, of course, the Vietnamese currency, as everybody knows, everybody's talking about dong, it. Dong, 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 dong. And uh, um, Matt, how many, how many, how many dong are you giving uh, Good Morning Vietnam? Well, this seems like a not high dong rating to me. I, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go six in that. I think that might be a hair generous, but, uh, you know, sometimes when I measure the dong, I round up. So I, I'm going to go to six. Yeah. Uh, how, how about you, Troy? Where are you, where are you, where are you landing? Well, I'm a guy. So yeah, like he was saying, like I, when you round up, you always round up. Um, I, like overall, I love, uh, Robin Williams, but in regards to a Vietnam war type movie, it's, it's it's yeah it's not really not related at all really but that's my opinion that will be i'm gonna say five and a quarter dong yeah i Troy's Troy's uh, being truthful right there um he, he's given he's given like yeah that quarter i know uh, so okay i'm i'm also as a performance as a solo performance it's got it's got a lot to offer um but as a as a vietnam war movie yeah, I'm gonna go. I, I think I'm at a six too. Is what I was thinking. So this could be set in any. You know, you could f- do a find replace and just have Robin Williams doing anything in any, <laughs> in any venue, and it could be the same movie right. essentially. Yeah, the best parts um, are when the director just said, "Okay, we're filming, and just do whatever you want," and and, and make crazy yeah. off the wall references and and connections. Yeah. yeah, and and he's fantastic. And he is. He is. He was sadly a such a genius at at that sort of thing. Oh yeah, um, and it's just that like frenetic like channeling sort of whatever. Yeah, I don't I know. don't know if there's anybody like that. I, I can't think of anyone that. Can yeah, kids, do that. if you're listening in the future, go watch clips of Robin Williams on like talk shows or other things, and like he just he just has lightning in a bottle, and it's very it's very unique. Yeah, we R.I.P. Um, Robin Williams. I mean, you can you can pretend to replicate. I mean, there are people that can do impressions, but like really, there's nothing like him. I mean, he's just, it's just, I don't know. It's mind blowing to watch him just riff and just off the cuff. Yeah, improvisation. and even even like like an improv like uh, like Troy and I are fans of improv comedy, and like he's naturally talented, but also just how quick and how you know able he is to just like. Like flying these connections and these like it's 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 really it's really something to watch him do. I will say on the 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 two days I spent like I was expecting like all right let's get some of that like crazy energy and he was with his son so he he was funny but he was he wasn't trying to be funny or wasn't trying to be jokey he was just like I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to dance monkey dance. Uh, He gave a really big tip though, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Come to us on social media, uh, on the Twitters, on the Facebooks, uh, and uh, hit us up. We'd love to. We'd love to be in touch with uh, some of the listeners out there. We look forward to uh, again, like your your suggestions, your your thoughts and fears and hopes. We hope this is. Uh, if you're listening to this in the 
COVID days. This is uh, providing some distraction and getting into this great movies. So from half of all of us, I'll say goodbye. Take care. Say goodbye, everybody. gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Love you. We'll take us out with a little uh, napalm in the morning. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first I bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose.